0: Well, good morning. Happy Easter to everyone. It's good to see your faces. It's good to be together as we get to make much of some really good news. And Christ is risen. Oh, thank you for that. I want to read from a passage that we've been looking at over the last few times. We've gathered together last week on Palm Sunday and on Friday when we gathered for our Good Friday service We've been encouraged with these words that are found in Philippians chapter 3. They should be on the screen. And if you have a Bible, you can turn there if you want. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. Let's listen to these words. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Let's pray. God, as we turn our heads and our hearts to your word, we pray that you do a good work in us. And maybe we come in here feeling a little bit weary or a little discouraged. or Maybe we come in here feeling a little bit of longing and desiring you to do a work in us. Maybe we come in here and we're not sure exactly how we feel. God, I pray that as we turn our attention to your word and to the good news of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, that it would bring timely strength and encouragement and life to ours. And so would you be with the preaching and the hearing and the receiving of this your word, we ask in Christ's name, amen. If you were to open up your New Testament and read through it, you would find that the New Testament looks at salvation from a variety of angles. And uses sort of different verb forms to describe that salvation for us. When you read through the New Testament, you find that we are saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. That salvation is so encompassing that the authors of the New Testament could describe it in, the, in those ways. I am saved, I am being saved, and I will be saved. Salvation is a completed work with ongoing implications in our lives and carries with it a certain future hope. And so when we come to the expression that we read in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, the power of his resurrection, that we would know the power of his resurrection. Paul, is the author of Philippians, is wanting us to know that we are saved, are being saved, and will be saved because of that power of his resurrection. It summarizes this multifaceted view of the saving power of Jesus. As we consider that today, I want us to be encouraged to know that the power of his resurrection means a number of things for us. First, it means that death does not win. By looking at the power of his resurrection, we are greatly encouraged to know that death doesn't win. It doesn't get the last word. It doesn't get the final say. Someone greater than death does. And we are encouraged with that this morning. Secondly, it says that life can be lived. The power of his resurrection is a a daily, ongoing encouragement for us. That this life that we live now in Jesus can actually be lived. It's not just something that happened in the past or something that you're looking forward to in the future. It means something to your life right now. And then thirdly, the power of his resurrection means glory lasts forever. And that we have this certain future hope for our lives, even now. Even if our lives are dark or hard, or there's harshness or brokenness or weariness in the midst of them. So let's be encouraged with these words this morning. First of all, death does not win. Death does not win. And that resurrection Sunday validates the crucifixion on Friday. It says that all that the cross was accomplishing has indeed been accomplished. If Jesus paid it all on the cross, which we thought about and talked about and, and put our heads and hearts on on Friday, then how will we know that it's been paid in full? How will we know that that payment has been accepted? How do we know that that voucher is validated? Well, that's what the resurrection does. It says all that the cross has accomplished has indeed been accomplished and it is validated. Jesus pays the penalty for our sins at the cross. He paid them in full and we have nothing left to face, nothing left to pay. The Bible talks about sin in this way, that it's, payment, its wage, what it's due is death, both a physical death, but also a spiritual death. And the Bible understands death is a separation from life, not only our physical life, but separation from the author of life. And so if we want to know that sin has been dealt with and what it produces, this death, then we need to see that death has indeed been defeated. The power of his resurrection not only communicates victory over the grave, but also says that the cross was victorious in all that he paid. The resurrection says the cross is victorious. The same author of Philippians wrote another letter in the New Testament called 1 Corinthians. And he devoted a whole long chapter on how important the resurrection is. And he says these words in this long chapter. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We have a hope fixed not on a dead Savior, but a, in a made-alive Savior whose power was greater than the death he endured. He goes on in that lengthy chapter to give us that good news. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. That's what we celebrate when we gather on Easter Sunday. And what we celebrate every Sunday, really, since then. We don't only talk about it on Easter, at least it's not my aim in ministry to only talk about Jesus overcoming our sin and the grave and Satan and all of it. Just on Easter, it's every Sunday endeavor. The power of His resurrection is greater than the power of death and the power of sin. So why don't we talk about that power all the time if it is so much greater? And the good news is that this power... Can be known. That we can know, as Philippians says. We can know him and we can know the power of his resurrection. We can know it. So not only is death defeated, but life then can be lived. Life can be lived. We can live out our lives in faith, trusting Jesus, knowing that the same power that brought him from the dead is the power at work within us. Easter isn't just celebrating the victory over something, but it's also celebrating a victory for something. Yes, Jesus defeats sin and death and Satan and evil, but he also brings forth grace and life and a restored relationship with God. So much so that the life we live now, we live by the same power that brought Jesus from the grave. And this life, then, is to be lived. It is to be lived. We're not just waiting. This isn't just simply a waiting room, this life of ours. Waiting for our number to be called. No, this life that we have been rescued to is to then be lived. We have a very special and significant and symbolic moment of saying we belong to this life. That this life is ours In this thing called baptism, where we publicly display an inward reality that we are now alive in Christ, that we now are alive and we belong to him, that we follow after him. Baptism is a way in which we are identifying that our faith is in Jesus and Jesus alone. But it also says that we want to live out this new life that we have in Christ. And so baptism is not only saying we believe and trust in Jesus, but we want to then live our lives for Jesus, following after him. And baptism is an act of worship. and In a few moments, we're going to celebrate the baptism of nine people. Who are saying that they want to belong to Jesus and live their lives following after him. Because they're realizing that his power over death is also power for life. In Romans chapter 6, the same author who wrote Philippians wrote these words. We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father. We too might walk in newness of life. The power of his resurrection matters to our lives right now. It enables us to walk in this newness of life. Even if you feel like your faith is threadbare. And you're barely wobbling along in this life. There is more at work in you than you possibly could realize. And you can know the power of his resurrection. And the good news is, not only is death defeated, does not win. Not only can this life be lived, but good news is that glory lasts forever. That there is an ultimate, certain future hope for those who trust in Christ. Our forever days will be days spent in glory. The power of His resurrection shows that death is defeated and our lives can be lived, but our future is one of glory and hope. We look forward to the day when that last foe is forever defeated. When death will be no more. Yes, we will die a physical death. But those who count counted all loss for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, there is no spiritual death waiting for you. Our future is one of resurrection. Just as Jesus' life counts as yours, and Jesus' death counts as yours, so will Jesus' resurrection count for you. Just a few words later, Paul in Philippians says these words about that future, that future hope, that sure and certain future hope. He says this, but our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious one so when we look at the hope that we have in the gospel when we look at all that jesus has done for us we can say that i am saved by the power of his resurrection i am being saved and by the certain and future hope that i have i will be saved the gospel is the good news of all that jesus has done The gospel is God sovereignly saving sinners through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus, who lived the life that we could not live, who died the death that we deserved, who rose over the enemies of our soul, and all who call on Jesus through faith, trusting in that life, death, and resurrection. The Bible gives us this simple, sweet, joyful encouragement. All who call on him will be saved. I don't know what describes or marks your life right now. I don't know the things that you struggle with in your heart or in your mind or in the things all around you. But I do want to offer you that good news. That all who look to Christ through faith, trusting that He did do what we could not do, to give what we could not gain, so that we could go somewhere we could not go on our own. That He endured it all, and graciously and freely offers it to all. If you hear that, and your heart is pricked toward that, then I would encourage you to put your faith, your trust, and your hope in that Savior. To know Him, and to know the power of His resurrection. And to know that you can be saved, and that you will be saved. For those in here who have already made that profession, who have already turned to Him, you do not need to set this aside as if this is just a beginner class. This marks the rest of your lives. The same call goes out to you. The same challenge of setting aside yourself for your Savior is there for you each and every day. You don't set it aside for something else. Rather, this incredible news of the gospel shapes you informs you and strengthens you all the more so that you too can walk in newness of life. These encouraging words in Galatians chapter 2 can be a timely encouragement and challenge for you who are trusting in Jesus. His words say, I have been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by, the, by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. In a moment, we will have the privilege of celebrating the baptism of nine teenagers. They are declaring that they belong to Jesus and want to live their lives for him. These baptisms will serve as visual proclamations of the gospel. They will be visual displays of knowing the power of his resurrection. These are are declarations of I belong to Jesus and want to walk in newness of life. For those who have been baptized, who have made this profession, have made um, uh, made their own baptism, may this move you to worship. And remind you of your commitment that you made on that day. And if you are far from God. Or have a heart that is hard. Or have experienced a lot in this life. May this awaken you to the grace. And to the kindness of God. And the saving work of Jesus Christ. It is to him and to his glory. I hold this out to us this day. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that in it we can come and be encouraged by all that you have done for us in Jesus. And I pray that you would draw our hearts to you. That you would encourage us all the more to see that this life that we are rescued to can be lived. That we can know the power of Christ's resurrection in our lives now. And we can wait and live and move with a certain and sure future hope. That one day we will see him For we will be like him in our own resurrection. God, give us the strength until that day, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.